Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, that was a little long, but you know, 40 years is hard to cram into, you know, five to seven minutes. And you notice in all those pictures, we were all having fun, enjoying ourselves. No pictures of us arguing or complaining or wanting to leave or anything like that. <laughs> Praise God. Well, let's pray. And I want to try to help you and share with you things that we did to stay together and stay happy in Jesus' name. So, Father, we thank you that as we come together, Lord, anoint my mouth to speak your words, to just encourage the people that are married, that they would stay married, and the people that are looking for a husband or a wife, that, Lord, that you would provide for them just as you provided for us. We ask you to uh, be a blessing to them during this time. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So it just seems like yesteryear, <laughs> yesterday, that I said, will you marry me? And here we are 40 years later. It's amazing how God can take two people that are strangers and put them together and have them blend into one life and one family. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? You know how much differences men and women have, let alone somebody that you don't really know that well. And I had to learn my wife, okay? That's, the Bible says that uh, uh, husbands dwell with your wives according to knowledge. And I think women should really come with a, a little manual. You know, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. But I didn't have that luxury, Brother Joe. You know, I, I had to learn as I went. And we only knew each other 10 weeks before we got married. We knew each other eight years prior. She was actually dating one of my friends. And we were at a backyard party. And he saw that we had a chemistry going on. So what he did is he grabbed her and took her away. And that was the last time I saw her for eight years, right? She was watching me play baseball and football and everything. But then, eight years later, we met at a market, uh, headquarter buyer's market, Bonds, and uh, she was selling Sony dictation equipment. I was selling Johnson & Johnson baby pro products. I was leaning down like this, and she comes and she says, uh, Chuck, uh, do you remember me? And I, look, I go, no, I, I don't really remember you. And, she, and then I stood up and I go, oh, Mary Ann. You know? <laughs> the girl of my 15-minute encounter appeared <laughs> eight years later, amen? So in 10 weeks, we got married. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we went outside and caught up on old times, found out that, we, that I had just gotten saved two years prior. She had rededicated two years prior. We were studying the word. We were finding the will of the Lord. And we actually said to the Lord, Lord, if we never find a wife, if we never get married, we're going to fall in love with you and your word. And so then we met each other, and it was so strange. Like, well, we, we said we didn't really want to get married again. I was happily, I was happy being single. I'm happy being married. I mean, there's challenges in both, right? The Bible says that a single man cares for the things of the Lord and how to please him. But a married man has to think of the things of the world, how to please his wife. And so his interests are divided. Amen. But when you're single, it's just you and the Lord, amen, and the people that are around you. So when Marianne showed up, I go, hmm, girls, uh, what? I, I, I had deprogrammed myself. But we knew right away that was the one for us. In fact, she went to her teller at the bank, and she said, I just met my husband. We knew, we knew that we knew. But we had singles ministers that said, you guys need to go home and pray about this to see if this is God or not. We didn't consult with Steve because he would have said no. So we, we consult. <laughs> Steve is really the reason that we're here at this church, if you knew that, if you want to know that. 
he believed in us so much that he recommended us to the area supervisor, and they found a place for us in West Covina, and we finally moved here. But it was because of him recommending us that we're here. So give him a big round of applause. Amen. Yeah, good job. So what was I saying now? We knew <laughs> that we were meant for each other. So I, we had to go pray and find out if it was really the Lord's will. Because they said, you know that part in the ceremony where it says, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? And does, if anyone objects to this marriage, let him what? Speak now or forever hold their peace. Well, we, the minister said, you need to ask the Lord that before you get to the altar. So we fasted and prayed for a day, and I asked the Lord, Lord, is this the one for me? And he said, yes, but I'm going to have to work some things out. I didn't know what he meant until I got married. Then I found out, oh, we got a lot to work out. <laughs> she was different than me. She was the things she did. Like, she used to like to stay up late at night. I used to like to go to bed real early. And I used to wake up, that's ready to go, and she'd wake up like, where is everything? I can't see <laughs> so that's one thing we had to adjust to. And when we were dating, of course, I was so kind and gentle and, you know, listened to her every words and was very, you know, attentive. attentive. And uh, she was always on time. Everything I said was golden. <laughs> Everybody knows that's a lie, right? <laughs> but for 10 weeks, she kept it up, okay? And... <laughs> So then we got married, and we said we should sue each other for false advertising because now she's rarely on time, and, you know, I, I, I'm so tired at night, you know, she wants to discuss things for hours, and I said, well, this is the way it is, that's just, that's the way it is, let's move on, okay? So we weren't the same, you know, people, uh, you know, so we said we should sue each other for false advertising, but <laughs> we, we, kept, we kept it going. So the title of this message is how to find and keep a godly spouse. How do you do that? Well, first, you have to uh, uh, prepare yourself. You have to be a godly person if you want to attract a godly mate. Is that not right? So how do you do that? Well, you just have to spend time in the Lord, listening to him, asking him to direct you, guide you. He has to chisel away all your bad habits, all your bad ways, all your evil thoughts, all the things that you think, to let Christ be formed within you. Like Michelangelo carved, carved out the statue of David. He said, I see David in that marble. And he carved it away. He sees Christ in you, and he wants to carve away all those things that are detracting and taking you away from being like Christ. So then you evolve, and all of a sudden you be like Christ, and they go like, oh. And so that's what I saw in Marianne. She loved the Lord. I loved the Lord. And that's what I tell married people. Apart from, you know, studying each other, we didn't get that opportunity because we had to learn, we had on-the-job training. We didn't get a chance to go to our separate houses and work things out. We saw each other in the hallway, and, <laughs> and it was a small hallway, and so we had to talk with each other and get things out, and I've got the scars and bruises to show you that <laughs> you learn as you go, amen? So the Bible says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. I, have, I, I lost some of my pages, so I'm going to have to uh, go here to see. Um, no, thank you, though. 
So I'm just going, I have to go, okay, I just have to go by myself, okay. So first, you, ha- you want to be a godly man or a godly woman. The best that you can, you strive towards. You're not going to be perfect, of course, are, are you? No. But at least try to be more than what you were before. I know as we go along in life, we seem to uh, learn each other more and more. So I receive most of my blessings by following the Lord in loving and desiring to please Him. So the first step is to be godly. Let's see if we have this. Oh, yeah, here we are. <laughs> okay, I think I got it all covered. Okay, this, that's uh, right, right on step. Okay, so to find a godly uh, man or woman, you have to be godly yourself, right? Developing your own character. So my question is, where it says there, he that findeth the wife findeth the good thing. Oh, let's look at the five points that you have to have. First, you have to be a godly man or woman. Then you need uh, to pursue women. You can't just like, okay, well, maybe they'll come, maybe they won't. God, where are you? No. In this day and age, when we were growing up, it seemed like there was always uh, people available in school or at church or at work. But now everybody's kind of separated, you know, as, as COVID is. And now we have the iPhones. Everybody's in electronic communication. You can't really meet people that much, so you have to get out. You have to serve the Lord and decide the must-haves list with godly wisdom. Sometimes you have a list that's just too hard to fill. <laughs> and the Lord says, that, that, that model is outdated. We don't have that model here anymore. <laughs> and then you have to get an assurance from the Lord, like I said. Praise the Lord. So we need to pursue a, a, a spouse. Godly men uh, just Uh, develop themselves. Now, here in the olden days, Abraham, when he needed a wife for his son Isaac, what did he do? He sent him out and said, go to my family, go to where my race is, my my people, and find a godly woman for my son Isaac. And so he went and he said, I'm going to pick the woman that comes to serve me and give me water." water. And then this woman came, Rebecca, she gave him water and she also fed the camels or gave the water to the camels. Where they have 30 gallons of, of uh, reservoir in there. So this took a, a, a while. It took a long time. But she was a servant. You want to find a girl that's a servant. You know, when we were at Confirmed Word, there was three single ladies there. And during lunch break, they didn't just gossip. They didn't get on the phone. They didn't do all these crazy things. They were studying how to be a godly woman, how to develop their character, how, how to you know, have the, the joy of the Lord, how to have peace and joy, and, and how to have a meek and quiet spirit. They were studying every day. And within about six months, guess what? They all got engaged. They all met somebody. And one time there was this one lady, and I said, I, I was, and this doesn't happen to me very often, but I was just waking up from a, a sleep, and I saw this guy, Elliot Brockman, walk down this, this uh, pathway and he knocks at my door and he said, is uh, Kathy here? And I said, no, she's not here. And I said, uh, what do you want? He says, I, I want to take her out. And I went to tell Kathy, go, Kathy, Elliot said, I had this dream. I have a dream. <laughs> this guy, Elliot, I think he's supposed to be your husband. She said, no, we, we tried to hook up. We tried to date. It just didn't work. I go, but no, guess what? Maybe now's the time. Why don't you guys try to meet each other? And guess what? They met each other, they got married, and they're still married today. Amen? 
So God knows what you need and the timing that you need it in. Amen? So you, ha you can have a marriage here made in heaven like Abraham and Isaac, but you have to live it on earth. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. When we, after we first got married and things weren't working out the way I thought they should be, I said, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> because when I prayed to the Lord, I said, is this the one for me? He said, yeah, but uh, I have to work some things out. And so every time we got in an argument, guess what I would say? Lord, you said you could work this out. And believe it or not, within 15 minutes, it worked out. Because I had a promise from him. So I tell singles, before you get married, get a promise from the Lord so you know what kind of husband or wife you're going to get and how you're supposed to have, how you're supposed to be in that relationship. I, I talked to our one friend, uh, Michael Taylor, and he said, you know, Pastor, I got two girls that I just can't decide which one to marry. <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. No, that's not the way you do it. <laughs> he, I said, well, pray about it. Go home and pray. And so he prayed. And one girl was kind of, uh, how do you describe her? You know, kind of saucy, kind of, you know, exciting, you know, you know, fill in the blank. You know what I'm talking about. And <laughs> the other girl was kind of, uh, you know, subdued, you know, peaceful, loving, kind, and she loved him. So he came back and said, well, the Lord told me in Romans 8 that if I marry her, I'll have a life full of peace. And I said, well, that sounds like a good thing. I would go with that one. And he did, and they're still married today. Praise the Lord. So the thing is, you have to, one, be godly. Two, you have to, um, what is the second one? Pursue, pursue, pursue. Find a wife. That's men's responsibility, right? Not the woman's responsibility. Women that are hopping around church to church, I got to find a husband, I got to find. That's not the way you do it. You stay planted, you stay secure. Grow in where you're at, and the Lord will bring someone to you, or you'll, he'll, he'll find you. How do you get found? Well, I was at a church, and Marianne was not there, but I met her at a, a workplace. So he'll bring the person to you, right? Or as you look out, he'll, he'll bring them to you. So how, how did I meet her? I was doing what, I was, what God has called me to do. I, was, uh, I wanted to teach so bad. I wanted to teach the Word of God. And so I was driving in Sierra Madre, and I saw this uh, blind group. Uh, someone that led them across the stop sign. And the Lord said, go teach them. I go, really? Yeah. So I went there for <laughs> three days a week for one hour, and I taught them the Bible, and I loved on them, and I cared for them. And so my wife, when she saw that, she said, oh, he'll probably want to care for me that way. I think that's what I'm going to do. Because the Bible says that the kindness of a man makes him attractive. Did you know that? Yes. Kind, kind. Is that right, ladies? The kindness of a man makes you attractive, and if you're doing something. So you have to get a life to get a wife. Praise the Lord. Adam was tending in the garden. He wasn't just sitting around. He was doing something, and Eve came. So uh, I volunteered. So she, uh, she wanted to be with me because she thought, well, if he's kind with those, he'll be kind with me. But what she didn't realize is that was just for one hour. <laughs> she didn't know that... After that, you know, it's back to my regular self. No, I, <laughs> I've had to learn how to do that. Okay, so what about a woman? Let's look at uh, slide 61, 1 Peter 3 and 3. It says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, merely outward, not only outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on uh, fine apparel, but rather let it be the hidden 
person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Single ladies, are you doing that? That's what we have to do. How do you prepare yourself? Well, that's how you prepare yourself. You allow the Lord to work in your life so that when you're ready, you'll have these kind of qualities. Let's look at slide 63. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. She will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She opens her mouth with, with, with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. So both men and women have to figure out how and what they need to have in a spouse. And like I said before, you can put down what you want in a spouse. You may not get all what you need. You have to kind of be like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's the word when you, you compensate? You don't get everything that you want on the list. Now, like my wife, she said she wanted somebody, what, tall, dark, and handsome. Well, she got two out of three, okay? <laughs> dark and handsome, the tall, well, there's always lift shoes right now. <laughs> so, but uh, that's what you have to do. Now, I, I have a story of this guy named Norval Hayes, and he was going to marry this girl, and she was a saucy kind of girl. He said, oh, I kind of like her. And the Lord said, if you marry her, you're going to end your life sh shorter than you thought, and you won't have the ministry that you wanted. And so he didn't marry her. She married somebody else, and he had a long life, and he had a good ministry. So you have to be careful on who you, you want to marry. Now, how do you keep your wife? Once you got her, you got to keep her. That's the hard part, isn't it? You got them. <laughs> now you got to make sure that they stay with you. So let's see. It says, dwell with your wife according to knowledge. You have to follow their pattern. Now, my wife and the family, they like to drive places. I mean, everywhere, drive, drive, drive. When they go on vacation, they want to go to Yellowstone, Grand Canyon. And, and, but my family, we were raised, my dad worked for the airlines, so we used to fly everybody, everywhere, fly, fly, fly. So you can see where that's a kind of a difference, uh, you know. But I've learned how to drive long distances now, eight hours, 16 hours. I learned the joy of driving, amen? <laughs> okay, let's... So, so then the, do I have them? communication is the key, is it not? I know a lot of arguments between couples start because they make assumptions about what the other person means when they're saying their tone of voice or the way they're saying it. You can misunderstand what they're saying. And sometimes you get too, too loud. You get too loud. You get too loud. So we have a... Everybody's pretending like it doesn't happen at their house. Okay. So we have a number system, one, two, and three. One is good. Hey, baby, could you help me find the scissors? I'm looking for the scissors. I can't really find them. Do you know where they are? That's good. Two is like, where, where are the scissors? How, how, how come we don't have the scissors here? Where, where are the scissors? Three is, I, I can't take this. I, I, we never have scissors around here. What are you guys doing? Where is it? That's three. So what we do is we go to the... Baby, you're at three, okay? <laughs> let's go down to two, and hopefully let's go down to one. Let's go down to one, okay? This will help you when you're talking to your, 
your spouse. Everybody's got blank looks on their faces. Okay. <laughs> we, we have patience is a virtue. When we, when we uh, be calm and patient with one another, we'll see the love and the flow of God happen, right? Okay, now here we go. Here, we're getting into some deep stuff. You ready for some deep stuff here for you wives and husbands? Okay, for husbands, love your wives. That seems easier than it looks, isn't it? Love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church while we were yet not perfect? God loved us. Our wives are not perfect, but we still have to love them. And then what it says here in 22, wives, be subject, be submissive, and adapt yourselves to your own husbands as a service to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, himself the savior of his body. Wives, be subject to your husbands. Now, okay. Now, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. Husbands, okay, here we are, slide 69. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the water, with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. So I would take the water of the Holy water of the word, and I would try to ho hose her down with it, you know? Okay, baby, you know, here's what you got to do. This, this, look at the word, you know, come on, let's do it. That wasn't working. <laughs> the Lord said, you, what you need to do is plant the seed, I'll water it, and then it'll be my idea, it'll be her idea that as I have told her. Instead of you getting all the credit, I'll get the credit. So I said, oh, that sounds like a good idea. So, you know, when things weren't going right, I would plant a seed, plant the word, step back. I wanted to preach a little bit, but she said no. The Lord said, no, I, I got it from here. And so I would just step back, let the Lord water it, and she would come back to me three days later and say, you know what the Lord told me? And it was the exact same thing that I said, but since the Lord was saying it, she received it a little bit easier, praise God. So, uh, so husbands ought to love your wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. If you're, I, I was getting some flowers from Marianne, and she said, the, the lady there said, yeah, um, what, what anniversary is it? And I said, it's my 40th. She goes, I'm married 17 years, and, and I can't stand my husband. I go, well, that's not good. Then you, you don't love yourself. The husband doesn't, has to love his wife as himself. So no one hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So you have to learn people's needs. You have to learn the things that, you know, make her happy. And, and I, I've, I've spoiled her. My son says, why do you spoil mom so much? I go, I don't know. I can't help it. But one thing I didn't realize when I got married, I was four years older, so I retired four years earlier than she did. So when she was going off to work early in the morning, I was on the couch watching TV and said, goodbye, honey. I have a, hope you have a great day. And she, oh, no, this is not going to work. <laughs> She said, I'm going to quit, too. I go, no, 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 we can't quit, okay? We got a mortgage. We got a car payment. We got to keep going. So our arrangement that we made was that I would drive her to work in Pasadena, make her breakfast first, of course, drive her to Pasadena. She would work, and then she would take the train back, and I would pick her up at the train station. Of course, I would cook dinner. And, and, and so, but I didn't realize that Steve was doing the same thing with his wife. You know, sometimes we think we're having our own private problems, but actually <laughs> other people are having the same problems, amen? We have to do things that we wouldn't normally do. I, I like this one guy. He said, uh, he, he gave a letter to his wife, I'm resigning. 
I don't want to be chauffeur and, and cook and, and, and all this, cleaning the house all the time. I just, I signed up to be a husband. Why, why am I doing all this stuff, washing the dishes and doing the laundry? But anyway, <laughs> uh, don't, we find ourselves doing things that we normally wouldn't do. When we think we get married, us macho men, like the wife takes care of everything, we just sit back, relax, and turn the TV to the football game. But anyway, so we, we learn each other's needs. For this reason, slide 71, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two become one flesh. This is a great mystery concerning Christ and the church. So what God's saying is just like Christ is, we're his bride, we have a bride, a man has a bride with his wife and we're supposed to take care of her. And so one time we were in an argument, one time, only one time, and uh, so I was driving, and the Lord said, well, now, who's the more spiritual of the two of you? I go, of course it's me, Lord. You know that. And he said, well, shouldn't the strong bear the infirmities of the weak, as the Bible says? I said, okay, whatever. So, <laughs> so I, had to, I had to, you know, be the stronger ones, be, you know, a pillar. Okay, last, last slide. Uh, in slide 72. Now, ready for this? This is the finale of Ephesians 5, which is a, a blueprint for husbands and wives. However, each man among you, without exception, is to love his wife as his very own self, with behavior worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best for her with an attitude of loving kindness. That's hard, right? But look what the wife has to do. And let the wife... See that she respects and reverence her husband, and she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him, that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. Holy cow. Where is that woman? <laughs> My wife says, oh, we're doing that. I go, yeah, yeah, we're... we're, we're. <laughs> We're in the vicinity, okay? <laughs> but no wonder why we're having a 50% divorce rate. Husbands and wives are not doing what they're supposed to do. Husbands, prefer your wives. Wives, esteem your husbands. See, the, the big E. E for, women, for men is ego. They've got ego problems. <laughs> women, E is emotion. They need to be caressed and talked to and loved, right? If you can do those two things, that's a, that's a good thing. And then the last thing that I'm going to talk about is uh, the love chapter. We have to show us God's love for one another. It says what? Endures long and is patient and kind. Takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. When your wife upsets you, when your husband upsets you, you pay no attention to it. You take no account. You don't keep track. Okay, that's the third time you've done that this week. No, you don't take account. Bears up under anything and, er anything and everything that comes. I can't bear it, but love can, right? Believes the best of every person. I know she's going to be good. I know she's going to get over this. I know he's going to get straightened out. I know he's going to listen to me. Praise the Lord. His hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It doesn't look like it's going to work out. But hope believes that it's going to work out under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. Amen? Now, I can remember one time my wife was upset with me. I'm almost done here. 
And so she wanted to leave. Can you imagine that? We stood at the altar. Will you be with your husband to death do your part? I do. And then a couple of years later, I don't. <laughs> so she wanted to leave. And so she gets in the car. She has little bags of stuff that she was going to take with her. And, and I hopped in the passenger side. And I said, where are we going? She goes, I'm not, you're not going with me. I'm going somewhere. I go, well, I'll, I'll go along for the ride. Let's go wrong, along for the ride. So we went along for the ride. We talked and everything. We got, everything got straightened out. You know, sometimes you just need to talk it out. So Brother Dave here, he, 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 he called me one day and he says, my wife wants to leave me. I go, she's, she's packing up to go. And I said, whatever you do, Dave. Don't let her leave the house. Dave, you want to pick that up? Come tell us, Barbara. Come on, Barbara. You might have to turn it on there. How do you turn this on? There's a little button there. It's, got, it's on green. That should be it. Hello? <laughs> get him closer to get in, Barbara. All right. So, so he gets in the car. Yeah. His story is he gets in the passenger seat. So when he said, whatever you do, don't let her leave, I kind of took that literally. <laughs> so I laid down behind the car, right underneath the tires. <laughs> now, I kind of hedged my bet because I let her know I was back there. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, just since, since we're up here, um, we've been married 28 years. This is our 28th year, this month, on the 28th. <laughs> and, you know, there is a scripture up here. It says, um, the one before, it says, in loving kindness. I want you to know a little bit about that word, loving kindness. Loving kindness is a covenant term. See, this is a covenant. Yeah. And it's not just a covenant like uh, an agreement. This is what is called a blood covenant. It's the same covenant that Jesus cut on the cross. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is never going to leave us nor forsake us. Right. So when you enter a covenant, blood covenant with a person, your spouse, then you never leave nor forsake them, right. no matter what they try and do. How many things have we tried to do with God and he's never left us or forsaken? Amen. Barbara? What, why, okay, why did you want to leave? What happened? How did you change your mind? Well, we, we were having a, a disagreement, and actually, I can't even remember what we were agreeing about. It was 25 years ago. But I get in the car, and I pack my bags, and he is laying behind the car. And I'm like, really? <laughs> So I'm so angry now because I can't back out because if I do, I'm going to back over him and go to jail for murder. So I get out of the car, grab my bags, go in the house, locks him out of the bedroom. I'm going to stay in there. But it's a good thing because as I was unpacking my bag, I had three shoes and none of them matched. So... <laughs> figure that. <laughs> but I thank God for it. It'll be 28 years. Thank you, Pastor Chuck. 
that I didn't run over him, yeah. but that we did stay together. Amen. Well, I, I, I really don't recommend that, you know, taking your own life in your hands, but it, it did seem to work, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. So we're going to, uh, my son's going to come and ask us a couple of questions. And then we're going to ask you if you have any questions for us. We might run a little bit over, but I think it's okay. Praise the Lord. I got the mic here. Oh, I need the questions. All right, I'm going to stand on this side so your mom can be. Okay. All right, so here are the questions. You ready? Yeah. All right, so the first question is, what did you like most? I do this with the youth. During the pandemic, I did these, like, uh, I would interview different, um, uh, different people in the youth group or different, or different uh, like, pastors or different people in our church. So we're going to do it with my mom and dad today, okay? You guys like the sound of that? <laughs> Incidentally, I also do it when we go on vacation. I do, like, I'm like, what's your favorite thing about today? And then I text it out to all our family yeah. members, so... Um, all right, so the first question is, what did you like most about the other person when you first met each other? Handsome, fun, uh, very, um, what's the word? He liked to play sports and things like that. Athletic. Athletic, very athletic. And most of all, he loved the Lord Amen. more than anything. Yeah, same thing, except I loved her smile. And I loved her excitement, and she was just fun to be with. Okay, well, that's good, right? Yeah, that was a good start. So then after 40 years of marriage, what do you admire most about each other now? Tenacity. He doesn't give up. Um, we were believing for a church for how many years? Thirteen. Thirteen, and the Lord gave us this church. If he would have given up, we might not have ever gotten it. So yeah. he never gives up on anything. He loves the Lord so much. and um, That's good. Plus, can plus, I say something else? Yeah. Uh, Keep going. <laughs> Revere, admire, honor. <laughs> um, Actually, I want to tell you something. I, I used to speak that over Marianne. And all of a sudden, she started saying all kinds of nice things about me in public with, uh, with other people. I got embarrassed. I go, okay, that's enough. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> but, but for right now, go ahead. Yeah. Um, he has, my husband has a servant's heart, not only at the church, but at home. And that's truly a testimony to me. Amen. Well, for my wife, what I didn't realize, I didn't realize she had an organizational skill that has helped us in the ministry so much, how everything is just laid out. She knows who to put in what position. And I like the way I admire, I can't believe the way she raises, raised my son with love and teaching him the word of God and bringing him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Okay. And, and on, this, on, this, on this point, I just wanted to say one thing. With, with regard to tenacity and patience, one of the things, my dad has a mercy gift, and I know there were many years, you know, I, was, I saw a lot of what, what happened, you know, behind the scenes. There were years where I think maybe my parents were not in the happiest of days. I think there were very difficult days. There were days where I think 
I know my parents may have wanted to give up on the marriage or may have wanted to give up on, you know, serving in, in a pastoral capacity. I know my mom, like, for many years it was very hard on her. But one of the things that they did when it talks about patience as a virtue and being tenacious, they never gave up. Because the thing is, is if they would have given up, they would have missed out on all the blessings and all the joy that God had for them yeah. in the future. Sure. And you just, you can't stay focused on the here and now. You can't stay focused on the temporal because it's not going to last for forever. So if anyone out there is struggling in their marriage or in something that they're doing and they know God has called them to it, you got to just grin and bear it and go through because it will get better. But if you give up now, you're going to miss out on all the blessing that God has for you in the future. Amen. Amen. All right, question number three. Can you tell us about a time when it was difficult to stay together, and how did you get through it? Well, when I first got married, he um, got promoted uh, to become an administrator at the church. Yeah. He wasn't a pastor yet, but he had to do so many different things. He had to be places. He had to travel. It was just so hard. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, he was doing something. Saturdays, you know, it just never stopped. And so what happened is we happened to travel uh, to a big conference in um, New Jersey. And there was um, an administrator there at that church who we met and we kind of hung out with. And so we were telling him, I was telling him about what I was going through. He said, I'm going to pray for you, he goes, because... I know that God, you know, wants you to enjoy your part of the marriage of this ministry. And so he prayed for me. And then after that, before I knew it, I was just, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it Amen. after that. But you were free. at that time, what? You were free. I was free. I was free from all those boggled things in my head. Amen. Yeah. Well, I can remember a time, I don't know, we weren't getting along about something. And she says, well, I'm going to move out. I go, okay, whatever. So, <laughs> this was early in our marriage, you guys. Yes. Please, <laughs> just so you know. Not, not yesterday. <laughs> and so she goes to the computer and she looks at places where she can move, you know, and the prices it costs. And she said, "I can't move out. <laughs> I can't afford it." I thought I was losing her, but thank God the economy kept her in. Okay, praise God. Yeah, cheaper to keep her. <laughs> All right, question number four. How has your expression of God's love to each other changed over the years? Can you say that again? Yeah, I kind of sprung this on them. Um, how has your expression of God's love to each other changed over the years? So basically, how is your love different today than it was when you first got married? Uh, I appreciate him more now. Uh, I see all the things he does and um, what a servant he is and how his heart is toward people. And I appreciate the fact um, that he, I don't know, I just, it's a lot better because back then I would say, probably I was younger, I was more selfish, you know, now I, I realize what a great man he is. Oh, thank you, babe. Could you say that again? <laughs> I appreciate her more now, 
And um, uh, because I look at the good things that she does, and I don't look at the bad things like leaving the cereal box, you know, undone and <laughs> leaving the lights on and the air conditioner. I don't look at those things anymore. I look at her contribution, and I appreciate what, who she is. Okay, last question, and then we are going to have a time. Well, we're going to try and limit it to five questions, but if anyone has questions from the audience for them that you'd like to ask, I can go around with the mic, and I can uh, let, you, let you all ask a question. So the last question for me is, what do you have planned for the future of your marriage? Travel. Travel, I'd like to go to Ireland, <laughs> to Scotland, to, to Italy. We're flying. <laughs> We're flying now. <laughs> and to Israel. Amen. Yeah. I'm gay. And the other thing is, I look forward to someday, everybody keep praying, that I will have grandchildren. Amen. <laughs> no pressure there. No pressure, there. No yeah, pressure, no pressure. over here. <laughs> I just look for the time when I can just sit back on the rock, in the rocking chair <laughs> and just say, just marvel and wonder at all the wonderful things God has done for, for us and, and, and watch you guys grow and just see what's happening in your lives. I, I, my joy is to see you have joy. Amen? Okay. All right. Does anybody have any questions? Okay, we'll, we'll have Joe ask the first question. Pastor, you mentioned something back in the days you cooked for her dinner. Yes. Still, you do that? Yes, that's the problem, Joe. <laughs> now she gets on her little perch in the morning, her little bar stool, and sits at the counter and says, what's for breakfast? <laughs> I go, I don't know. There's a refrigerator right there. <laughs> These eggs don't cook by themselves, but, it, you know, they're indiscriminate. Whoever wants to cook them, they'll... So, yes, I still do. Yes, and it creates a time for us to be together. Yes, right. That's why I like him to cook. Amen. All right, are there any other questions? Anyone else have a question they want to ask? Okay, okay. Veronica. Well, let me get over to Veronica. I want to say hello to Melanie, who's here. Melanie, hi. And Laverne's here. And Laverne Woods is here. Praise the Lord. Good to see you. Hello. I don't have a question, but I do want to say thank you to both of you and your son. You've all three have spoken to me separately, and it does make a difference in my family because I am the head of household, so to speak. Yes, I got a husband. Yes, I have children, but... Between the three of you, you guys have all been there for me. So thank you. You're and, welcome, Veronica. And happy anniversary. Thank you, Veronica. All right. Do we have anyone else that has Where, questions? Where's Yuan? Yuan, didn't you want to learn something? You said you wanted to be in the service to learn something. What was your what question would you have? Oh, hold on. Let me let me go get the. Yuan. Yeah, Yuan. Are you okay talking, Yuan? Sure. She can talk. Um, I forgot. I'm so sorry about that. But I mean, I mean, a happy anniversary for you guys. Like, yeah. Okay. I, I remember. It was the question was, and we kind of covered. I included it, but it was what is what is true love? What does love really mean? Because I think for a lot of the youth, a lot of the youth are it can be very confusing because they've got their teachers, their friends, they've got the media, and they're all trying to tell them what love really is. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, a lot of times those sources are really not telling them the truth about what love is. So 
Do you have anything to say to the youth after being married 40 years when they're looking for what true love is? What would you say to, to all the youth in the church today? I would say, like the Bible says, God is love. That's the thing that kept us together. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, God is love. Well, please the Lord. You know, please God. Pray to him. Spend time with him. You know, and it's the same thing with people. Right. To build your relationship, you have to spend time with them and love them. So God is love, and to me, that's what our, why our marriage is here today. I agree 100%. So with that, let's pray. Let's pray for the singles that you can be happy where you're at, knowing the Lord is with you and that your interests are not divided, but you care for the Lord and want to please him. And for the ones that are married that might be having struggles, know that it'll smooth out after a while. There's calmness that's coming after you get to know one another, after you allow the love of God to permeate your hearts and your souls. And that for those that are looking, too, know that you prepare yourself and God will give you the desires of your heart. So, Father, I just thank you that your love is here, that your spirit of love is here to take hold of your people, to love them and let them know that where they're at, that you're with them too. Give them peace and joy, knowing that they love you and know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And Bonnie has one quick question. Bonnie has a question. A last question, okay? Bonnie. God wanted me to say something. Come on. And I don't know exactly how I'm going to say it. My heart's pounding, but... That's okay. I met Marianne in 1974. And so I was 25, and Marianne was 18. So what I want to say is it was a wonderful experience meeting this wonderful, close, cherished person. I was so blessed. When I was 35, I had a terrible uh, time in my life. And Marianne and Chuck came with their pastor and brought me to the Lord. It was a magnificent transition for me. And from that, I was able to host church in my house with another ministry, and it all stemmed from Marianne and Chuck. So, Amen. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> we never know who we're affecting and how it's going to benefit others. So, Brother Ron.